Hey, it's Candy. Did you know that I have a quiz to help coaches choose their niche? Yeah, I do. It's super popular and it has been taken more than 20,000 times. This is a fun quiz that takes you about two minutes to do, and it will probably give you way more clarity on choosing your best coaching niche. So now whether you say niche or niche, it's going to work for you. And if you're a coach and you have been stuck in niche indecision, wondering what to do, then you should take my quiz and find out what you learn. You can take the quiz today at coachnichequiz.com. That's coachnichequiz.com. Okay, let's dive into this week's episode. Welcome to She Coaches Coaches. I'm your host, Candy Motzek, and I'm going to help you find the clarity, confidence, and courage to become the coach that you are meant to be. If you're a new coach, or if you've always wanted to be a life coach, then this is the place for you. We're going to talk all about mindset and strategies and how to, because step-by-step only works when you have the clarity, courage, and confidence to take action. Let's get started. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of She Coaches Coaches. I've got a special episode for you today. I have a guest and his name is Josh Hainum. Josh, I pronounced that right, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, good. Let me tell you a little bit about Josh. He is the co-founder of Interact. It's an AI powered tool for creating personality quizzes that generate leads. He started Interact in college with two friends back in 2013 and has since grown to a team of 13 people with 7,000 paying customers. Welcome, Josh. I'm so glad you're here. Yeah. Thanks so much for having me on. I do appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. I'm one of your clients, one of your customers and have been for a number of years. So I was just so, I was so pleased when you reached out and said, Hey, can I be on your show? I'm like, Heck yeah, that sounds like a fun conversation. So let me dive into my questions that I have from you. Now, normally, I would say this thing like, oh, tell me your origin story. But you guys have been around for a while and you've been through a lot of the ups and downs. So I thought I'd kind of narrow it in a little bit. So first, congratulations on turning 10 years old. I saw that back in August of 2023, you blew out those candles on your 10-year birthday cake for Interact. So just so thrilled for you. And since then, you have gone from zero to 7,000 paying clients and at least $3 million a year in income. That's huge, right? Like, what a, what a journey. Can you tell me some of those highlights of that journey? And even more specifically, like what are the top three lessons that you learned along the way? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years. Last August, we celebrated in Mexico with our whole team and it was a really sweet time to just reminisce on, you know, how long it's been. And some of the team members have been with us for seven years now. So um, just really cool to go on that journey with, with the whole group. Um, Jumping straight into the lessons because it is 10 years was a big reflective year. Um, you know, you hit a decade. I am 31. So 10 years is like a third of my life. And realistically, 
we were working on this for a while before that official launch date. So it's really been like 12 or 13 years uh, at this point. So close to half of my living years spent building one thing. And I would say the biggest lessons, the, the biggest takeaways, um, number one is just about the people. Um, I think I'm reminded of that over and over again, because it's super easy to get caught up in like, oh, this strategy or this tactic, or if we just had this feature or whatever, things would work. And sometimes there is a strategy or a tactic or whatever, but you need people that are going to support you. You know, you're going to get tired. You're going to burn out at times. You kind of need multiple people pulling in the same direction so that when one does get tired, they can be supported. When one's really crushing it, the other ones can just be like, heck yeah, do it. Like, go do your thing. We're all excited for you. Nobody's trying to make sure that they get their piece of the pie or like they get their recognition. That's like my favorite thing about our team is that everybody is excited for each other. When somebody gets a win, everybody else is just like, dude, that's awesome. Or dudette, that's awesome. Like, you know, you're, you're killing it right now and we are all very happy for you. So I'd say that's like by far and away the, the number one. I think the other ones are fairly secondary to that because if you can do that, if you can create that, I really think you can do anything like you can create any sort of business. You can build whatever you want if you have that type of environment and that culture. So we put a lot of energy and effort into building that up. We have a business coach who's part of our team um, who works with us um, and helps us just have good language to be able to talk to each other in the good times and the tough times to be able to communicate well, to understand one another. And that has made all the difference in the world. Um, I think on the more like practical historical side, the biggest takeaway on that front is you really can't control what happens um, at a broader level. If you go back, we've been 10, 11, 12 years, however long now, we've seen a few ups and downs happen. And sometimes it just feels like everything is easier and there's really no explanation. And sometimes it feels like everything is harder and there's really no explanation. And if you go back way, way back, you know, through all of time, it's kind of how it goes, at least in my impression. And I read a lot. So, um, it's very comforting to me to, to realize like, yeah, as you're building something, sometimes you're working at full strength and it's just not going anywhere. Other times it just kind of, it's just smooth and easy and not getting caught up in that has been a big lesson for me because it just kind of teaches you to stay in the middle, like continue building and growing and getting better at what you do um, rather than getting obsessed with like, oh, it went up this much this year. So that must have been all on me. I think the longer I do this, the less I actually feel like it's me. And the more I feel like, yes, you can be consistent and have good habits and build things up, but the results uh, are very much out of your control. So that's as a second one. And then the third Actually, one. Actually, you've given more. me three already, just a sec. I just want to, <laughs> and, and I'm happy for the fourth, but here's the three yeah. that I've already heard. People, 
persistence and what was the other one? Oh, I wrote it down and I can't read my writing. Oh, shucks. Um, it's not persistence. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and yes, we're going to keep this in because my I listeners are like, yeah, we have conversations that sometimes we lose the thread too. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I feel like that, that's so true. It's like, you're just like, oh, I had this great thing going. I know what it is. Just, perspective. What the heck? You've uh, got great perspective. So yeah. yeah, like those are three right there. The persistence, no matter what, the perspective and mm. the people and people above all. Tell me what your fourth one is. Yeah, I mean, it ties into all those because it's just like, personal uh, to keep the peas going <laughs> personal <laughs> personal development for lack of a better term um i personally just do a lot of work to build my routines and my habits everything from exercise and sleep and diet and investing in my own mental health and relationships all that stuff i think is really what it allows the other things to exist like if you're not at peace with yourself then you're not going to be able to create a peaceful environment for people to work in. And you're not going to be able to be persistent because you're going to be up and down all the time. Um, and that's an ongoing practice for sure. But um, I, have, I have a pretty dialed in routine at this point because it, it definitely helps me to continue on and, and do those other things. Yeah, that's a real, um, that's a common thread that I see with a lot of successful entrepreneurs is this, uh, having some like, you know, the, the not great sounding word is discipline, but it's like discipline yeah. for a purpose, right? Like discipline to create the life that you choose and, and to kind of honor yourself as well. Right. That's wonderful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yep, for so sure. the next question that I got for you is that, listen, I work with coaches and I'm not immune to this either, but there's this thing, we have all these D's, the letter D that happens in our world. We're defeated, we get disappointed, we get discouraged, like that is part of business. And for me, one of the things that just bugs me no end is when I see really good people quitting because they weren't able to make it through these disappointing, discouraging, disillusioning times. Can you share any tips that you have on helping people move through that? Yeah. I mean, I'm with you on that where I've seen a lot of really smart, driven, incredible, talented people in all sorts of businesses just drop off because they, they struggle in the, in the times where things don't go the way that they anticipated. Um, and I mean, my, my short answer is it's hard. Um, there's a book called the hard thing about hard things and the hard thing about hard things is that they're hard. And I think that that's actually my biggest <clears throat> lesson in it, because I think that the reason from my perspective, why people end up giving up is that they've somehow convinced themselves that it's not supposed to be hard, that there's supposed to be some level of certainty or safety, uh, a very, very strong story that stuck in my mind from right when I was getting started as a entrepreneur was there was a business that 
was shocked that you couldn't take out insurance uh, if you, against your business failing, i.e. like, oh, if we fail, then I get my money back. And I'm like, no, that's not how it goes. And there's a lot of risk and you are giving up very tangible trade-offs to work for yourself, to build your own thing, to be a coach, to do the things that light you up. And it doesn't always work out the way you want it to. Um, and I think where I see people just like really, really falter is when, for whatever reason, they've decided like, oh, this is supposed to work. It's supposed to be X amount of hard. And then I'm just supposed to get through it. And that's where they fail. And it's a bit extreme, but that idea comes from Viktor Frankl. And his whole thing was, if, if you set a date on when things are going to get better, you've already given up. And I think you have to have hope that things will continue to improve and you'll reach your goals. But you cannot decide, oh, it has to be by this date or by this time or else I'm giving up. You can be honest with yourself and say, if it's not reaching these goals by this time, I should highly consider doing something else with my time. But if you're if you're setting that trap for yourself, I think you inevitably fail. So you have to accept that it's hard and you have to accept that you can't really control the timing of things. There's another thing too about hard. And I mean, I am like everyone. I want to be happy in my life. And we love that, the pursuit of happiness. But sometimes happiness is a little bit overrated. And it's a decision to be happy even during the hard times. So I love using these words like more meaningful or more purposeful or more satisfying instead of happy. Like for me, happy is kind of fleeting. You know, the weather is nice today. The flowers are out. Um, my dog is happy. I am happy. But is that the meaningful life that I want to create? You know, so maybe that's maybe that's part of that your perspective too. I don't know. Does that say anything to you? Yeah. I mean, I've studied lots of different realms of everything from like Stoicism, Taoism, Buddhism across the board. I think there's a full spectrum. I would say the one universal that I notice across all the different approaches is just an awareness so that instead of being on the roller coaster of today is happy and tomorrow is sad. You can take a step back and you can still feel the happiness and the sadness and everything in between, but there's a level of separation where it's like, I am not just happy or just sad or just upset or just frustrated. I am aware of my being, being those things. And to me, that creates um, a, a different layer of, of a different level of, of peace through it all. Because yes, do I prefer to have days where it just, everything feels good and easy? Yeah, uh, I like it a little bit better. Um, but there's also things to be learned on the days where everything just feels like a struggle. And, you know, I'm, I'm a migraine sufferer. So you very much like, come to accept your own fragility and the fact that you cannot control how any given day is going to go. Um, you could have a great day and then the next day 
you your head's throbbing and you can barely do anything and you just have to let that be um and think about what can i learn or what can what are the lessons in the slow days as well as the really fast efficient days yeah i like that yeah and, and that just that reminder you know i'm not my thoughts i'm the thinker of my thoughts that's uh that's the same thing i'm not my emotions i'm the you know the the being that experiences them yeah that's really mm -hmm. wonderful i've got a question about ai and especially given that interact has made this real transition to embracing ai so we're talking about the effect of ai and this is kind of an open question because i work with coaches I know that you and, and your team have really embraced AI. What do you think? Maybe that's not the quite quite the right word, but you know, what are your impressions or what what is your um, flavor of what you think AI will do to coaching as an industry, to online businesses? You know, what kind of effect do you think that that's going to have? Yeah, I spent a lot of time in the AI platforms last year. And I still do it a little bit, but um, I, I think if you, if there was some sort of stack ranking of like who spent the most time using AI tools last year, I'd be top 1%. And <laughs> the only way that you'd be higher is like, if you didn't sleep and if you didn't sleep, then I think you'd actually have, less learning because everybody knows you don't sleep, you don't retain knowledge. So, um, yeah, I spent so, so much time in there because what we had to do was understand how is a quiz created? Okay. Like break that down into basically every word. Well, not basically, but just every word. And a quiz on average is 800 words. So, I broke it down to what is the purpose of every word in the best quiz that you can create for any type of business. So it had to be universal. That was the first step. And because I've been doing this for 10 years and you know, a billion people have taken interact quizzes. So it's fairly universally human uh, knowledge uh, that we have internally. We didn't use any customer data for building our AI we just used what we learned from seeing all this happen. Anyways, you break it all down by word, and then you reconstruct it by teaching the LLM, the large language model, which ChatGPT is a large language model. You've maybe heard other names like Llama or Mistral from other companies. They're all large language models. And the way that those large language models are constructed and taught is they have different data sets that go into them. So one that benefits us a lot is there's a Stanford question and answer data set. And that data set, they took a bunch of Wikipedia articles and they trained an AI to create questions based on the content of the Wikipedia articles. And that's one element of what trained ChatGBT on how to answer queries and how to construct things. And at its core, 
the LLM is intelligently guessing what the next word in a sentence should be based on the query that you put in, as well as the other words that have already been spit out. And it's using the data sets to inform how it should guess the next word. And then there's some randomness built into it because we don't always say the most logical next word when we're talking to people. And if the AI did, it would sound really formulaic. Um, and so it has this randomness to it. Long story short, after working in there for thousands of hours last year, my conclusion is it's a great tool. And the backlash that's come up is very human because uh, when machines first entered in the late 1800s, early 1900s for agriculture, people said the same things that they're saying about AI now. Oh, it's going to rot our brains. No one's going to know how to do anything. Like humans are useless. Same thing happened when they discovered bronze and it was a stronger metal. There was a huge backlash. There was a moral outcry. This has repeated itself throughout all of recorded human history. And that's where I'm at now. My opinion could change over time, but I see it as it's a really great tool because it allows you to complete repetitive tasks without using any of your brain power for the day. And that's huge Like if you're a coach because you're probably going to use most of your brain power talking to clients. Then you maybe have a little bit left over to work on your business. And if all you're able to do is like, you know, write a blog that is something that you already talked about early in the day on a call, but that takes up all your brain power. Now you're out of time, you're out of power, right? Whereas if you have an AI do it for you and you say, hey, here's a transcript of what we talked about. Here's some things that I want you to do to edit it down, turn it into a blog post that looks like this. There you go. No brain power used. And then you can use that brain power to do something else. And that's the same thing with like writing the quizzes is that instead of using a bunch of brain power to write the quiz, you plug in your website and it reads your website and then builds the quiz for you. And then you can obviously like change it from there. But I see it as a tool where it's like when there's something that is not complicated for me to do and actually doesn't require any like value add from me. I'm really just like moving things from like this box to this box or this format to this format. Then the AI is an incredible tool and knowing how to do that saves you like tons of time and will, will push you ahead by a lot. But I personally do not see it as like any sort of intelligence. I think that's a misnomer. Um, I think what it is is a really, really, really smart translator that can translate more than just language. It can translate ideas into other ideas. And that's powerful, but like it's a tool. Yeah, but it's not just a hammer, right? It's a tool and maybe the tool built as well. 
but it's, yeah. So I have all kinds of questions, but then that would mean we're going to talk for five hours. So we're not going down those questions. <laughs> Let me ask you my next question. So I've got a couple of quizzes on your platform, but what I'm curious about is what are the more innovative ways that you've seen people, online businesses, coaches using tools to build their brand business? Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I think that my broad perspective and the reason why I'm still doing this after this long is that I think we've reached like peak saturation of content creation online. Like, you know, 15 years ago when I was starting out online, that wasn't the case. Like it was still pretty radical for a B2B brand to have content and like write blogs. That was cool and different. Now, a B2B brand probably has an agency and some in-house people and they pump out 20 blog posts a week. And who has time to read all that or watch the videos or whatever? I think that the most innovative things that I've seen are in the realm of what quizzes do, which is personalize back down all of the information that you have and all the knowledge that you have. And I actually think this is why people gravitated so fast to ChatGPT because what ChatGPT does is it gives you an answer to your question. You don't go and Google and then have to read through 20 different things to figure out what you were actually looking for. It infers what it is you're trying to do and then gives you an answer. And it's pretty good at that because, I mean, it's trained on how people connect and talk and it understands roughly what you mean when you ask a question. And I think that brands and businesses and coaches and any type of business that starts to embrace that and says, what is it that my customers are actually trying to do? What's in their brain? Like, what is the goal or the problem they're trying to solve? What is that? And how can I serve that up in a way that is personalized to that individual person rather than just being like, oh, I'm a coach who helps with anxiety. People might, I feel like people are like, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, maybe I struggle with anxiety, but like, that's not really me. Like my particular case is not just that like I have anxiety. It's always more complex than that. And I think if you can find ways to speak to that, and also address each individual person, you're going to get way ahead because that's what this ChatGBT thing really is. And that's, I think, why people love it so much. I feel like I need a bit of, I think it's a, a little bit of a differentiation there. And it's just like, this is just for me asking the question, I'm sure the listeners have some kinds of questions, but I'm the one that gets to ask you the questions I'm curious about. So I use quizzes in my practice to generate leads, to build my email list. Then I communicate and nurture the people who sign up. And then some of them come closer and some of them just read my emails and that's fine either way. 
do you see there's something that you said about being able to use make the quiz even more personalized is there an edge there um that maybe i just didn't understand like this edge of like how do you take a quiz and make it even more personalized to really support the people who might be taking it? I think we've gone past the time when quizzes are like, you know, like, what's your favorite color? You know, these are my five favorite fruits. You must love orange. Like there's something deeper here. So any thoughts on that? Yeah. Yeah. What comes to mind is I am working directly with a handful of clients. And one of them is Gretchen Rubin, if you're familiar with her work. And we just launched a habits quiz for the new year. And that quiz is highly tailored. Every path through it, like every combination of answer choices leads to a different result at the end. So literally every person who takes it gets a different result and there's a lot of results. So the odds that you get the same result as somebody else are extremely low. And the habits are not just, it's exactly like what you just said. It's, they're not just like, oh, work out more or exercise more. It's like exercise, but in this particular way. So it's like a, a layer deeper. It's like, oh. and I think a lot of things in life like that are kind of the same. It's like, yeah, generally the thing that I want to work on is this, but what I really want to work on is a subset of that. But when you think about how many more additional like options there are once you go double, it's exponential. So if there's like four categories that you could potentially work on, and then within those, there's four subcategories of each of those, that's four to the four. So mm. it's a lot. And... I think that's what I'm starting to see as a trend. And we have some tools for doing that with our branching logic. And then we'll be building more tools to make that possible uh, in easier ways in the future. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's what I'm seeing. It's like, let's let's go a second layer. Cause exactly like you said, yeah, you know, maybe the color of the color of your mood is blue, but let's go a layer deeper. Like, so within blue, there's like 10 different options, you know, that's where I think it starts to, to go. And I think we've, we've turned a corner and we've, we've crossed a, it's the second chapter of online quizzes where now that's what I'm starting to see as a trend. That's super exciting. And I, you know, as you're describing this idea of going a layer deeper, I can just see a ton of potential for that. Um, you know, so just uh, the first thing that popped into my mind is I kept getting targeted with these ads for a personalized self-development journal um, mm. based on a quiz, right? And mm. I can't remember the name of the company. I'm not their client, but the idea was you take this quiz and then it gives you, you know, here's your personal development plan because for you, you're much more interested in relationships and specifically your friendships with relationships. And so that, that is a whole layer of, oh, I don't know, it's not just personalization, but there's a, a just a, such an added bonus of being able to really skyrocket 
your knowledge of yourself and then your growth as an individual. And then, of course, for businesses that are not in the self-development area, their knowledge of so much more to do with their market and in a way that they could maybe serve people so much more, so much more. Yeah. I don't know. That's going to, that's really interesting. Thank you for sharing that. Wow. Okay. I feel like I've been talking and talking and we've learned a lot, Josh, I'm going to wrap it up now. Really appreciated having you on the show. This has been an interesting conversation and I know my listeners are going to really uh, find it fascinating as well. Can you tell me a little bit more about how people can find out more about you and your company? Yeah, well, thanks for having me on. This was fun for me too. So I'm glad it could be mutually beneficial in that way. Um, yeah, the the AI that I'm really excited about it, it's, uh, I haven't gotten kind of like the nerves like this in a long time because I feel I put a lot of my own energy into it and our team just really banded together and worked like crazy hard last year. Um, so our tool is out. It's live now. Anybody can use it. It's just tryinteract.com slash AI. Um, so a simple URL for that. And then if you're interested in connecting with me personally, my platform of choice is on LinkedIn. So you can connect with me there and send me a message and always happy to chat. Um, if you have questions about things. Awesome. And thanks to your team as well, because nothing happens without the people around you. Um, so I will put all those links into the show notes and I would highly encourage anyone who's interested in quizzes and AI and the places that they come together and uh, growing your coaching business in a way that maybe you might not have thought of in the past. Thanks again, Josh. Really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks, everyone. I'll be back to talk to you again next week. Thanks again for listening today. Please hop on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review. Also, I would love to hear from you. Did something that I say resonate? What else would you like to learn about? Click the link in the player and leave a comment on the post. This is going to give me great ideas for future episodes so I can help you best. Join me again next week for more coaching, support, and teaching to help you become the confident coach you are meant to be.